Hello, everyone. It is September 9th, 2022, and happy Friday to everyone. Hope everyone had a really good holiday weekend and everyone's doing good. I'm out here with my vintage MFDA hat uh, out behind our building uh, in front of our dumpster, which is out back, because that is the topic of today's video. Uh, thanks to a question we got from immediate past president John Moore, who wanted to know whether or not he could be sued if somebody was uh, get injured dumpster diving at his location. Now, for those of you that have heard me speak before, you always know the answer to that is yes. Anybody these days can be sued for anything. I get this call all the time. Somebody calls me up and says, hey, I was just wondering, can I be sued? And I say, stop. The answer is yes. I don't care what it is. Somebody out there probably can sue you for it. Uh, that doesn't mean you'll lose. That doesn't mean they'll win. But it probably means you have to uh, call your insurance company and may have to, if you're not covered by insurance company, hire an attorney. So that's backing up. That's one of the first things I want to throw out there is that if you get a claim, a official claim or a lawsuit filed against you on anything that happened, regarding your business or your property, one of the first things you need to do is contact your insurance company. Most insurance policies, I won't say all because I haven't read every policy out there, but most insurance policies for liability include the fact that the insurance company will pay for your defense if there's a claim made against you, including hiring an attorney. But if you delay and don't call your insurance company as soon as you get notified of it, there's a chance, again, it depends on your policy, depends on your insurance company, there's a chance that the insurance company might try to deny the claim because you didn't give them proper notice. So anytime you've got something like that where somebody gets hurt, slips and falls on your steps, uh, there's an accident in your parking lot, uh, or as we'll talk about in just a minute, dumpster divers, uh, one of the first things to do is make sure you contact your insurance company. Because like I said, anybody can sue anybody for just about anything. I'm going to set this down over here on the, uh, I don't know if you can still see me there. Uh, a little dark. Okay, well, we'll try this. Uh, as we're saying, anybody can sue anybody for anything. My favorite one uh, goes back to law school. And this was a case, I believe it was from New Jersey where an individual, everybody knows that on a modern lawnmower, they've all got that kill switch, the kill bar, where if you let if you, if you you let go of the bar, then uh, the next thing that happens is the engine stops. Well, uh, apparently this individual in New Jersey didn't like that. So he took duct tape and wrapped it around that uh, kill bar so that it, the engine ran all the time, no matter what. And then what he would do... I got to describe this, but I don't know if you can see me here with the, uh, let's try this. Then what this guy would do, uh, again, he taped, he taped the, uh, the kill switch up. Then he must've been a really big guy because I couldn't have done this. He then bent over and picked up the lawnmower. This is a push, pushing behind lawn, walking behind lawnmower kind of thing. He picked up the lawnmower and started doing like this to cut some bushes. Well, guess what? He lost a couple fingers and he sued the lawnmower company on the theory that the lawnmower did not warn him not to do that. Yes, that's pretty stupid. Now, the uh, lawnmower company did actually win that lawsuit. But the problem is, of course, the lawnmower company or its insurance company had to hire an attorney 
and they had to defend it, and they had to get the case either thrown out or, or win it at trial. I forget which one happened. But the point is, he was able to sue it. He was uh, able to get that in front of a judge, at least, in front of a court. And eventually, uh, although the uh, lawnmower company uh, won, they, they still kind of lost because they were out either uh, for the assurance and the time and the effort and all that doing with that, which is why so many cases like this settle. And frankly, to be honest with you, that's why so many of these cases get filed, because people are hoping and attorneys. And believe me, there are way too many attorneys out there. There are not enough good attorneys, but there are way too many attorneys out there that need to do something. And they're hoping by just making a claim or filing a lawsuit that they'll get a quick settlement out of your insurance company. And that is not uncommon uh, because insurance companies are looking at the bottom line. And very often they will look at how much it's going to cost to fight this case, how much it will cost to defend the case, and then see if they can settle it for below that, regardless of whether the insured, regardless of whether the business did anything wrong. They don't care if the business did anything wrong. They're just looking to save money. Way, way back in the day, I used to know some of the attorneys that worked for General Motors, and they, you can't get away with this anymore. This was before they went bankrupt and was reorganized and all that. But way back in the day, General Motors would send you an offer to settle a case for anywhere between ten dollars and $15,000. It changed over time. But you could get maybe an offer for $10,000 to settle any – if you filed the lawsuit, you got an offer to settle for $15,000, and the attorneys had not even read the lawsuit yet. The attorneys didn't even bother reading the lawsuit, spending the time reading the lawsuit. They got sued. They sent an offer $15,000. Uh, not a great way to do business, but that they calculated that even just taking a look at the lawsuit and responding it to it um, was too expensive for them. Uh, back when I did a lot of work for insurance companies, we did this all the time. Uh, and it didn't matter how good your case was. I would call the insurance company up and I'd say, look, we've got a 95% chance of winning this case. It's a solid case. We're the defendant. We're going to win this 95% sure. But it's going to cost you $50,000 in attorney's fees and expenses in order to win this case. So if we can settle it for $30,000, insurance company, you'll save twenty. dollars And guess what? Again, have to check your own insurance policy to be 100% positive which way this goes. But in many, many instances, the insurance company controls whether or not to settle. You as the business cannot say, I don't want to settle that case. We didn't do anything wrong. We don't want it out there that we settled the case. Uh, sorry, depending on your insurance policy and your insurance company, you may not have an option. You may not have a choice whether or not the case gets settled. So, again, that's where we lead into these cases where, yes, can somebody sue you for dumpster problems with dumpster diving? Well, first off, well, is dumpster diving even legal? Is the person who goes into your dumpster and starts rummaging around for something, are they breaking the law? Well, in general, and there's a lot of if, ands, or buts here, which we'll get to, the answer is no, it's not illegal. There's actually a case, a United States Supreme Court case from back in 1988, that says once you throw something in a trash bin, you have abandoned it. So it's okay for somebody to go through a trash bin and pull it out and take what's in there, Okay. Uh, because you have abandoned that property. Now, cities, local, your local city might have a city ordinance that says that is illegal. You can't do that. So you have to check with your local city. Also, of course, somebody cannot trespass 
to get to your dumpster. But trespass is easy if you're a if you're a homeowner. That's easy. And for example, at, at my house, we are supposed to take our 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 small trash can, our small little uh, bin. We're supposed to actually put it on the public street, our uh, the street in front of our house. It's supposed to go on the street so the automatic trucks can go by and pick it up. Well, that trash can is on the public street. So if anybody wants to, they can come in and rummage through it and take out whatever they want. So again, be careful what you put in there. If you don't want somebody to see your MasterCard bill, you better not put it in your trash can because somebody could pull it out of there. Even if it's right up to your property line, like in some places, you're supposed to take it right up to the curb. Okay, the trash can is still on your property, but somebody could reach in and not be standing on your property. They're not trespassing. They're allowed to get in it. Again, there may be local city ordinances that say you can't do that, but the general rule, thanks to the Supreme Court cases, somebody could do that. Now, if they throw the trash everywhere and they make a huge mess, uh, that could be littering. That's, uh, you know, uh, a whole lot of things, uh, messing up people's property. That's different. But if they don't do that, there's that. But now, if they actually step onto your property at your house to get into your trash can, now they are trespassing. And that would, in fact, in most instances, uh, always have to say that in most instances, that would probably be illegal. But for you folks that own funeral homes, it's a little more complicated because a place of business can become what the courts call a quasi-public location. When you are open to the public, when you allow the public to come onto your property, people, and it's open to anybody, the public can just wander in. And of course, you want public coming into your your funeral home uh, to see about maybe arranging a funeral. When the public can come onto your property, it's not really completely private anymore because you've invited everybody on there. So if your bin is in a parking lot that everybody can come in and go out of, all right, then potentially, and it's always a fact-based situation. It depends on the facts. It depends on the a whole lot of things. A person might not be trespassing if they go through your dumpster while it's on your property if you are open for business and people come in. Of course, one of the problems is a lot of these big dumpsters in many cities aren't located right on your property. They're located in a, on a, on a what would be considered a public street, a public right-of-way uh, that anybody can go on to in any case anyway. But even if it's on your property, you have the potential that somebody could go in there. That's why you see at a lot of businesses, like Walmart's real big on this, is to have their dumpsters on the back side of their building. And somewhere there's a signage that says public not allowed after this point. Past this point, you're trespassing. And indeed, some city ordinances that prohibit dumpster diving, some of them require some sort of signage to warn people that uh, this is not allowed. So again, check with your local city. And if you have the ability with your trash company to put that like behind the building in an area where you can say the public is no public access to this area, That helps protect you a little bit more. You can't always do that because the trash company has to be able to pick up your stuff. But if that's possible, that's also why you see at a lot of businesses, even though they're open during the day, they don't want somebody coming on their property, digging through their dumpster at night. So very often you'll see they have a gate or a fence or something that gets closed when the business is closed. So when there's nobody there and the place is not open, it's closed. And then there's also usually a signage saying that, uh, you know, 
you know, no trespassing after, you know, this place is open only during business hours, something like that. So uh, that also can help make that illegal as well. Okay, well, let's assume regardless of whether, uh, forget about whether or not the dumpster diver is doing something illegal. What if a dumpster diver gets into your th trash and something happens to the dumpster diver? Can they sue you? Well, of course, I already answered that question. There's a good chance, yes, they probably can sue you, e even though it might be a stupid case. Um, so again, yes, it's a possible that they can sue you. Uh, and again, there's enough attorneys out there. So again, be careful what you put in the dumpster. This belongs, goes to anybody. You know, there has been a rash of cases out in California, of course, what do you expect, where people have been suing businesses because they've got injured climbing in and out of the dumpster. Once again, if you take a look at those, most of those, the dumpster diver loses the case. They are obviously assuming the risk if they take something out and eat it, they take something out and they hurt themselves getting it out of the dumpster. They're obviously assuming the risk. But uh, and again, if you take a look at those, almost almost all of those, the dumpster diver loses. But again, you still have to report that to your insurance company. Now, here's the one area where a dumpster diver might potentially win a case or you could uh, it, at least get very far in the process, uh, and you might have some problems. And that's whether or not they were getting in there legally or illegally or not is, did you have something in the dumpster that should not have been there? And there's two ways, two categories of bad things that can be in the dumpster. Something that should not be in the dumpster, okay, that injures the dumpster diver, like hazardous waste, okay? If you have any hazardous waste, um, Stuff that is not supposed to be disposed in the dumpster in the first place. If that's in there and somebody climbs in or pulls it out and gets injured, that can be a problem. And for funeral homes, this is especially a problem because we have many specific laws, regulations, statutes, codes of uh, state regulations that indicate certain things that cannot be dumped like this. The most obvious example is refuse from your embalming room, bandages cotton, things like that, that any, and it says refuse, uh, including, but not limited to bandages, cotton, things like that. All of that under Missouri law is supposed to either be sterilized and buried or incinerated. Now, I know many of you use a third party company that comes in and takes it and that's okay. So long as they're following the rules. And as long as you are, you know, have documentation that you've got a company that's licensed to do that, that's fine. But nevertheless, the statute says that, that, uh, waste Solid waste from the embalming room has to either be incinerated or sterilized and buried. So if it's thrown in there and somebody gets in there and gets injured by it, he might have a problem because not only would they get injured, you were doing something that you shouldn't have been done. There's stuff in there that you weren't supposed to have in there in the first place. The second category of stuff that can be in there that shouldn't be in there that you can get in trouble for is personal information that you should not be letting out. Credit card information from from your customers, uh, social security numbers, names and addresses, per identifying in, in, in information uh, that should not be released to the public. Once you throw it in there, it's abandoned. Somebody pulls it out. Okay. Uh, that's a problem. Or um, your employee's information. 
So customer information or employees information that you might have thrown in the dumpster. That can cause you a problem because that should not be abandoned out to the public. So once again, watch what you put in there. Be careful. Get yourself a shredder, a really good one, uh, if you have to dispose of stuff like that. Make sure that you do any hazardous material, any chemicals, any bandages, cotton, a packing, anything like that <coughs> that is um, from the embalming room or that might be hazardous, don't put it in the dumpster. Uh, dispose of it in accordance with Missouri regulations. And of course, if you need uh, to find where those regulations are located at because you can't find your book or you're not sure where that, just call us up at uh, the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association office, and I'd be happy to direct you to that section of the Code of State Regulations that says here's what uh, has to be disposed of properly and uh, what you have to do with it. One last funny thing, though, this just shows you where the world is. Even though it is legal, as long as they're not trespassing or creating a nuisance or damaging property, although it is legal for somebody to go into your trash and pull out anything they want, it's very likely they're not allowed to go into your recycle bin uh, because the recycling company, the trash company that picks up your recycling, what they do, that stuff then belongs to them. If you put something, again, this can vary a little bit depending on your jurisdiction and the contracts your city might have with the company. But more often than not, the stuff that's in a recycle bin, you have given to the recycling company because they take that, process it, and sell it. That's part of the deal with the city usually. We come pick up the recycling, and we take it, and we take all the, the aluminum cans, and we sell them. Uh, so when you put something in the recycling bin, you haven't really abandoned it. You've given it to the recycling company. Okay, now that really doesn't apply in most cases, because even then, even in that case, uh, you still don't want to put in personal information because now you've given away personal information, data, credit card numbers, anything like that to a third party when you're not supposed to. So that's what we have today. It's our dumpster diving episode. Once again, thank you to immediate past president, John Moore, who's the one that brought this question to us. So next time you look at your dumpster, think of John Moore and be safe.